Hello and welcome to the Arsgog Foundation's Ask About Arsgog podcast series. The Arsgog Foundation is the world's only patient and parent-led organisation for the X-linked rare genetic condition Arsgog syndrome. We support patients and their families across 34 countries and counting. Our Ask About Arsgog campaign seeks to raise awareness around the importance of early diagnosis for children and raise funds towards the vital research critical to their future development, health and education. Today, I am very pleased to say we are speaking with Einar. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Einar. I'm from Denmark. I, um, I live with my boyfriend and um, I have Arsgog syndrome. I have been diagnosed with it from birth. So let's get straight into it. You mentioned there that you were diagnosed with Arsgog syndrome um, as a, a baby. So how, how were your parents made aware that, that there was something maybe a bit more different about you? I mean, it was um, it was different from them for them because they didn't really know uh, much about it at the time. Because that was back in two thousand, what I remember, around there. Um, so at that time, there was not um, a lot of uh, research done about Oscar at the time. So it was really, um, especially for my mom, it was hard for her because she had a son and there was things with this son that she didn't know uh, what was wrong with and how she could help it and but she had done an amazing job i'm sure i'm sure she did and how did your um parents get that diagnosis was it through genetic testing um i actually don't remember i know it was a doctor that gave the diagnosis I don't know if it was through any testing or anything, um, but um, that doctor I had through till I was 17, what I remember, a Danish doctor, he, he was really good. And what was it like um, growing up with Arsgog syndrome? Times have been tough in many ways because one of the most uh, different, difficult parts of growing up with Arsgog is not knowing what exactly, because at the time there were not a lot of research and all of that. So not knowing what I needed, what, uh, what difficulties I had and all of that, um, that was hard to grow up with because like teachers thought I was just lazy and I couldn't, that, that I just didn't want to do anything. Um, and. I, because I did want to do certain stuff or it was it was just because I was lazy and uh, didn't want to do it um, even though I couldn't do it because yeah like I have chronic back pain and I have had uh, I have always had problems with the learning difficulties because yeah if I didn't see a purpose in in a, a subject I didn't want wanted to learn about it um i had a hard time learning about it like math and how was it in school because obviously you mentioned there that, that that your teachers maybe weren't understanding your learning difficulties mm -hmm. at, at the time was was school quite a difficult place for for someone with our school it was um it was not a lot of teachers there were there, there were a few teachers that made it hard um to with 
um, not understanding that I couldn't do these things or I had these learning difficulties. It was just a few teachers, but it was also hard because because I looked different. Uh, other kids were not. Uh, not that interested in getting to know me because I was different. I was not the normal because I grew up in a small society, uh, a small, a little place. Um, so that it was like if you were different from anybody else, it was they, then you were weird. Then you didn't. Then people didn't want to talk to you. And quite often in smaller communities it is harder when when you look different and um, yeah. do you think that's one of the biggest challenges of of having a rare disease is the fact that not many people know about rscog or, or rare diseases in general i definitely think that there should be more focus in something like school about uh, the different um uh, syndrome stays and what difficulty stays. Um, it's not because I want like. It's just uh, to for uh, kids and young adults to get a general understanding on what things like that is. They with different syndromes and it it doesn't only have to be Oscar. It would be amazing to see young people learn about all a lot of different syndromes and yeah. Yeah, I I definitely hope that um with things like this podcast series, more people will become aware of not just Arscog syndrome, but lots of different rare disease yeah. conditions. Um, because it affects so many people across across the world. There will there will be someone within um your community that that does have a, a connection to a rare rare disease. Yeah. What do you think um were sort of the biggest challenges you faced in terms of getting support or treatments um for for Larskog syndrome? I think it was uh, when I moved out. Um, it was I had this um, I had this uh, lady that had to help me with getting uh, the education and job and all of that. The hardest part with that is she didn't understand or believed me that I had these difficulties. I was like two years ago, uh, because yeah, there's only a certain amount of documentation about Oscar, and when you have someone that don't believe you in the way the things you need, that that is hard um, to uh, to fight with, because you feel like you are just making a big fuss about something that shouldn't that it doesn't need to. Um, yeah, that's nothing. Uh, so it feels like you're just getting getting put down. It's it's a very tough thing, isn't it, when you're not being um sort of believed or or, or taken seriously about your your condition. Yeah. You mentioned um earlier there about you know you have a quite chronic back pain. Um, what other sort of symptoms do do you suffer um with? Because obviously, with a, any syndrome, it, it can range in many different ways as to how it affects each individual. It is hard to say if everything I experience is part of Oscar syndrome or if it's just something else. Um, because I have um. I remember what I remember is called glaucoma, um, the thing with your eyes. Um, but yeah, I also um, a hypermobile, and um, I have um, I have a, a really bad short-term memory. 
um, if you gave me five tasks, I can only remember one if I'm lucky. <laughs> but um, others, this for the memory, then I, I yeah. No, that that's okay. I think it just yeah. goes to show how I think each ARSCOG patient is always going to be different. Um, yeah. very much like the the disease itself. You know, each person is u- unique, and and although you all come under ARSCOG syndrome, it does range. You know, quite a bit on on how each is um each person is affected. Yeah. What would you um say? you would like to see for for the future for for children who are diagnosed with with ARSCOG what what would your hope be for them my hope is they would experience a lot more acceptance in um if they if if it's written in the um if in the journal that they have this uh, the um if they have ARSCOG that they can have these difficulties um and they need this help and that they should not have to prove uh, go go through years of um, trying to prove that they cannot do these things. They cannot go out and have a normal work day because uh, they have these difficulties and they cannot work these many hours because that they cannot do that mentally or physically. I hope to both from the job perspective that they are more accepted, but also they're more accepted um, in childhood or in school because if teachers know that this uh, student have these so-called disabilities with learning and stuff, that they have that they uh, help the kids a bit more. So, do you think there there should be a more awareness within education um, and and the workplace about Arschog syndrome? Yeah, I mean if. If we start to learn uh, the young adults, um, the, the young people about this, then they are a lot less frightened to, if they're going to become the boss of a company or something, then they know about this and how the difficulties, and then they are not that scared of taking in someone that's uh, work that have these difficulties. And that will be more get, uh, that will make it more accepted uh, towards um, those that have the difficulties and that actually goes for all the different um, um, syndromes and disease and all of that there is um, both with autism and ADHD and all of this. And in regards to the, the the foundation, so I know that obviously, um, you know, you're you're part of our um, sort of global community, and yeah. so you you're part of our sort of Facebook groups, etc. How have you found, um, you know, working with the foundation and working within your own family and community to make people more aware of Arschog syndrome? I haven't done much locally. I have tried to educate. The people I need to like uh, the people that have to help me with job and education, all of that, um, and I also um, got to um, see a doctor in Denmark here that uh, is gonna look more into the Oscar syndrome and um, try and get more knowledge about it um, for the general. Excellent. And just to end, is there anything that you would like to tell your younger self? If you could go back in time and give them a bit of advice, what what would it be? It would be to keep on going. Uh, 
that I will get through the hard times because there will be hard times. And after a storm, there will always be a rainbow um, at the end. <laughs> and when people don't believe you, then push on because there will always be people that try to put you down no matter what. And remember to stand up for yourself because nobody else is going to do it. Uh, I think that's a great bit of advice to to finish there. And I, I love that, that there's always a rainbow um, a, after a storm. That's a, a yeah. great way to look at it, especially that a rainbow is so colourful, which is very much um, like our rare disease community. Mm. Well, thank you so much for, for your time today. And that's the end of our, our podcast chat today. Thank you. You're welcome. It was nice being on. Thank you.